0: College football is back. Week zero is here. We've got real games. No more talking about practice. No more watching old games, you know, reminiscing, thinking about what's to come. It's here. I'm Justin Michael. This is DMVR Rams Live, and I am pleased to be joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Andre Simone. If you're familiar with the DMVR Draft Pod, you're going to love this because this is a podcast for college football nerds. I mean, obviously...
1: For the sickos.
0: Yeah, it's 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 for the people that most identify with us. We are college football sickos. And frankly, there's not enough content out there for those that live and breathe CFB. If you're familiar with the draft pod, like I said, you're going to love us. If you listen to the normal CSU Rams pod on Spotify, Apple, wherever you may get your content, you're going to dig this as well. But we are going to have more video throughout this season. We're going to have a, a post-game show on, on Saturday nights following the games, but this will be every Thursday morning. Really looking forward to getting into it. Um, you know, this show is really going to be about CSU specifically, the Mountain West. I, I feel like I have just, I don't know, an area of expertise that I can kind of lock into here. No, that, don't. There aren't a lot of folks that are tuned into the Mountain West, you no. know, as much as me, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here, but if you are a Mountain West fan, I think that this show is going to be valuable for you because not only are we going to set the scene for what's relevant with CSU, what's happening with the Rams, but you know, what's really happening with the Mountain West and college football as a whole. Yeah. um, I'm excited to have Dre on it. Like I said, he is a nerd just like me. Um, We're going to get you ready each and every week for college football, what it has to offer, what CSU has to offer, but a that's, that's really all this show is going to be as far as CSU in, in 2023. I think it's an exciting time for the program. I mean, obviously there's, there's a lot of focus right now on what's happening at the other local school. It makes sense. They've got a lot of national hype. You know, I, I understand that the thing about CSU is it, it really feels like there's an opportunity for this to be a special year for the program. Yeah. And as somebody that, you know, really loves college football and, was fortunate, you know, to, to be at CSU during a, a two and a half year period, essentially, where the Rams really had their only sustained success in the, in the 21st century outside of Sunny Lubick. And I just, I keep thinking to myself, you know, the last 10 years, how many students came and went through yeah. Fort cons? How many students went to CSU, including my younger brother, without a That's single... Like big sports memory that you can look back on that moment of you know like remember homecoming yeah football wise that's a good point
1: respect to Roddy and the whole basketball program the basketball they got to
0: be at at a peak time for hoops but just CSU football you know when I think back to being at school and. You know, two thousand thirteen is, is kind of when the magic started for the Rams and they beat Wyoming that year. They beat Air Force, and obviously the, the two thousand thirteen New Mexico Bowl is widely regarded as one of the craziest college football games of all time. Probably the most dramatic CSU football game I, I've ever watched. Um then that goes into two thousand fourteen and, and you just you have homecoming and they they sell out Hughes Stadium for the first time in a decade, yeah. and the students storm the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like those are the moments that stick with you for generations. And I I don't want to get too carried away, but the the scene is kind of set for CSU to potentially have some of those moments this year. You've got a power five team coming into canvas stadium to open up the year. You go to Boulder and the Rocky mountain showdown is back, you know, air force, Wyoming are there for the taking Boise state comes to town on homecoming. It's going to be a sold out crowd. Like that is the type of stage you want can CSU finally take advantage and start winning some of these games. I think that's the thing I'm most interested on. I'm I'm curious, you know, we're going to get into some predictions here for the Rams. Um, What is your gut feeling with this squad going in? Obviously, you know, like I said, there's a lot of hype with the other program, but this is a team that has significant talent. I mean, we talk about it on the draft podcast all the time. Jack Howell, Tori Horton, Mohamed Kamara.
1: Yeah. These are dudes. A lot of guys who, uh, I mean, who matter to winning, you know, it's a very modern football team as it's constructed yeah, where it's you can point. get after the quarterback and you should be able to throw it, you know, throw for days, uh, you know, Horton, Millen, Norvell like that. Mm-hmm. This should be, you know, Fort fun and like air raid, air raid West, you know, like yeah. it's on um, and use that altitude and all those kind of factors. I don't know how much you know, but I think, and this is a combo I've had with Eric, you know, who's also a a Rams optimist here in the office and a a Rams alumni. It feels like so much of it comes down to the O-line.
0: Yeah, and I I mean, they had the worst offensive line in the country a year ago. That's not being dramatic. That's Mm -hmm. not hyperbole. Mm -hmm. It was bad. They allowed the most sacks per game in the country. On top of that, they had... A, a whole, munch, uh, whole bunch more plays that were it went for negative yardage. I mean, they struggled to sustain drives. They were bad on third down. They were bad in the red yeah. zone. And all yeah. of that stems from the issues they had in the trenches. Now, and
1: an air raid system, up-tempo, everything you just mentioned gets so much more accentuated, right? Yeah. Like not sustaining drives means... Our offense was on the field for 20 seconds and our defense is just gas. Like it compounds so drastically, you know?
0: And that's part of why I think there's, again, you know, I I think it's controlled optimism as of right now, or, you know, cautious optimism. There's, there's a large part of the CSU contingent that I think, you know, is kind of in the position where it's like, I'll believe it when I see it. And that's fair given the last, you know, six years now, it, it has not been good, but you mentioned the offensive struggles. This CSU team I mean, it was basically outside of small stretches where Avery Morrow was able to get the ground game going against Nevada and Hawaii and some of these other opponents. It was basically, did we, uh, did we hit Tory on a fly? Right. No. Right. Okay. Right. Well, then we're going to punt. Yeah. And impressively enough, the defense actually was pretty good for CSU last year. They were on the field mm-hmm. all the time. They mm-hmm. allowed just over 20 points a game in conference play. They gave CSU a chance to be competitive in every single game they're in. I'm not saying they're going to be able to do that every single game again, but assuming that the defense doesn't take a step back, you build off what they were able to accomplish last year. They have a ton of returning talent. So long as the offensive line is even like they could even be below average. That's how bad they were last year. That's how big of an improvement it would be. When you look at the talent at the skill positions, you have a a quarterback coming back that completed 72% of his passes as a true freshman while getting his teeth kicked in. There's a lot to like.
1: I mean, there's a lot to like across the board, man. What What's interesting from what you were saying is why this is lining up to be a big year and why I think people need to actually believe is in between that, like, you know, the golden years that you were attending school yeah. for has been a massive commitment from the university. Financially and facilities. I mean, and going after big hires, you know, and just. Really committing to the athletic program in ways that, frankly, in this region, we are not very used to, and that's where the lack of momentum has really hurt. Because if you had combined that with some positive momentum on the football field, you'd really be cooking with gas. That's what kills me, man. Is
0: it's not for lack of effort, you know? And that's right. It almost stings worse. Like it's kind of like the, It should. You it know, should. some people they don't ask anybody out on a date because it's, it's easier to just not get rejected than <laughs> right, get rejected. Right. I mean, in, in some ways it's worse to, to go up and, and go swinging, but I don't know. I I just think of what could be with this roster, yep. with this schedule. Obviously there's a lot of attention on college football right now. It only takes like a win or two to get that momentum going. You just have to strike the iron get some, you know, get some of that positive momentum rolling. I mean, you come out and you play well against a a team like Washington state, it's going to feel a lot different than, you know, the start of last year where frankly it was about as rough as it can get in non-conference play.
1: Well, and in retrospect, you know how good Michigan was. And yeah, I mean the, the other thing is like what Jay Norvell did last year. I don't want to say unprecedented, but fairly because we're in a new era of college football where that kind of level of roster turnover Is very new. I mean, the old saying was you can't even analyze a college football coach until, like, year three, you know? you don't even get three years anymore. No, forget it. Forget it. So, and, you know, I mean, it's different from other programs like a Lincoln Riley coming to USC. Like, I could recruit at USC. We could lose every game. There's still going to be a ton of talent on that roster no Mm -hmm. matter what. Um, This was a full turnover from especially how – like backed up. The talent was on the mm-hmm. roster from the Adasio days and it's, you know, it's not going to be a overnight. And I think year 2 seeing that progress, seeing where you're at is going to be really huge. I'm glad you brought that up cuz
0: I recently was talking with associate head coach quarterback's coach Matt Mummy, son of legendary uh football coach Hal Mummy. Yeah. And he essentially alluded to the same thing. Didn't say it exactly like that, but basically said, you know, I think the timing was bad last year. We're coming in, obviously third staff change in in less than four years. You're in a really weird spot as far as roster construction goes. And, you know, you're kind of trying to take a lot of square pegs and jam them into the circles. And it just, it didn't work out. A lot of guys chose to leave via the portal that really hurt the depth. You know, you throw a lot of freshmen onto the field that frankly weren't ready for that. Mm -hmm. And, and some of those guys were able to hit the ground running and, and, you know, find their footing as the season went on, but it just nothing about last year was ideal. And essentially going into this year, again, comes down to improved play in the trenches. It feels like everything is the opposite in terms of bad timing. All of a sudden, now you've got 15 returning starters of your own. Yeah. Now. You've been able to go out and, and find talent via the the portal, not just to literally add bodies to the room because you're, you had scholarship totals in right. the low fifties right. by the end of last season, but you're able to be a little bit pickier, you know. You're, you know, we need a tight end that can go attack the middle of the field. So they go get Dallin Holker from BYU. They go get um, a Trey mejia Pastor from Cal, who's going to be one of their right. starting linebackers. Dom Jones comes over from North Dakota State. Your corner too. It's just a completely different position. Instead of having to basically build your entire offense and defense, it's like, all right, like we've got the majority of these key pieces here. Now we had a corner, we had a linebacker, yeah. another couple of receivers. And all of a sudden it's like, man, this team is stacked in a way we haven't seen since like 2017.
1: I mean, it's the first full recruiting cycle of the Norval era. Like we forget that, but that's, you know, he's not even had a calendar year to work on these guys. And what's crazy
0: is even so, even in that short time, he's already signed. If you look at the top. 30 you know, signees or football commits in, in program history on 247 sports. And it only goes back to like 2000, I believe. So it's somewhat flawed, but it's like 15 of 30 are from the Norvell era. Yeah. Hasn't even yeah. had multiple full classes yet.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, that says it all, you know, and you're going to be behind on, like, even that isn't a full cycle compared to other coaching staffs no, who've yeah. had two years, right? Yeah. This where you're recruiting the 2024 group will really feel like maybe the first full cycle or maybe that won't happen until 2025. Like, we forget, but these are teenagers that you need to develop and it's not going to be instant gratification for everyone but, like, a couple programs, you know? You still need to build and it's kind of a slow build and, you know, this feels like the right time this feels like the right leader to me i mean yeah, i think definitely. how they went after jay norvell was different from other hires who maybe felt a little flashier or yeah uh, i mean you you, know. you
0: hire a guy like steve adazio and on paper you know he was a part of the florida gators reign under urban meyer he was a guy who although not wildly successful in the acc Was competitive at Boston College. He had his moments in the sun. They had some upsets. You could you could understand the logic of, well, this guy was highly revered on a national championship winning staff. One of the best programs we've seen in the SEC in the last twenty years. You know, didn't have the resources in the ACC or punching uphill at CSU. It's a completely different conversation. You have some of the most resources in the league, and that's what makes their lack of success that much more frustrating. Absolutely. But I'm right there with you. You go out and you get a guy like Norvell he's not a national household name, but he's a guy that's one in this. He should be. If you're a college football nerd, I mean, he was a part of some of those OU offenses with Broyles. He's worked at Texas, Nebraska. I mean, he's he's look at his resume.
1: His resume is that of like a guy who, well, I mean, you he know, worked
0: with Peyton Manning and Marvin be Harrison in the Colts. Like, that's exactly right. Al Davis revered him so much. They were personal friends. He's the tight end coach, and he impressed Al Davis so much. Yeah. They had a, you know, an actual relationship. Mm-hmm. That's not common. I don't know if you guys recognize that. Shout out to our guy Addison in the chat. This is going to be a special year and a launching pad for the university. That's what I'm hoping for, man. That's That's what this is really what I'm trying to get to here is it's it's all lined up for you the dominoes are all set you gotta knock one down and hopefully you're able to get it they've come up flat in these recent years but there's just something that feels different about this group and maybe it's my my you know green and gold glasses you know maybe it's my heart coming in but you know, Dre's been around me for a long time. I I wasn't talking about these teams the the last couple of years the way I'm talking about the CSU group.
1: Yeah, not at all. It seems different, and honestly, looking at the chat, it feels different too. There seems like there's a lot of optimism, and, and yes, it is measured optimism. Well, you you, you understand. I mean. You
0: can see realistically where it could go wrong. The depth in the offensive mm. line. It's not. It's not stellar, and that's, you know, recruiting, it's going to take time. It's going to take a couple of classes of Norfell going out, identifying his type of offensive lineman, not trying to, you know, bring a couple of these other guys from older regimes along and hope you can hit it, you know, in the transfer portal. And it seems like the starting five is is solid. They've got a couple of guys making a jump from the FCS and, and D2 ranks, but... They got here in spring. They've competed well against a defensive line that's arguably the best in the conference, if if not at least top two or three. It feels good. I mean, that old line last year got torched in the spring, and it was a situation where you're like, you know, I'm not trying to come on the pod every day and be like, panic, everything is wrong, but it's one of those where you're like, it's a little alarming yeah. when they're going back every single snap that continued throughout fall, and then once injuries happened, it was... I mean, that was right. the thing they didn't right. have like those guys, the ones weren't good, but the, the twos and threes were even worse. They didn't have anybody yeah. to replace them with. It was rough this year. You feel good about your starting five. There's two, three other guys. You feel like as long as they're not, you know, taking every snap of the game, if they're in for some rotational series here and there, it'll be OK. But I mean, it, it's not Bama where it's like the third string offensive oh. tackles in. He's right. a five star.
1: No, not at all, especially with the coaching changes and everything. I mean, that's just that impacts things as well. That impacts depth and everything else. It's going to be a fascinating year, man. Fascinating. And I mean, everything's on the table. Like this is kind of the last year of college football as we know it. And then we're entering a whole new era, whether we like it or not. So how you can position yourself from this point on is really huge as well. Well, And we're going to get into that a little bit
0: down the line. You know, there's a lot of realignment rumors swirling right now. Well, we're not getting into it quite yet, but you know, at this point, it's a lot of speculation, a lot of what happens this, what happens this, but it does seem like the future really is going to come down to what happens with Stanford, what happens with Cal and then indirectly Oregon state, Washington state schools, like SMU, CSU, as a result of that, we'll get into it Um, before we do. I do have 10 predictions for 2023. I feel like we've Land set the scene for the season. Everything is possible. Obviously there's some reasons for uh, skepticism as well. I mean, you haven't had a winning season in six years. If, if you're not the most optimistic individual coming into the season, I can't really blame you. I, I get it. If you yeah. are wait and see, I've been burned myself in the past as well, but let's, let's just get into it. I'm not going to take a ton of time on this. Um, Dre feel free to c- chime in at any point. The Rams averaged 13.2 points per game a year ago. That's not good. I think they at least double that in 2023. I'm saying they averaged 26 points a game, which would be a massive leap, a massive Massive
1: leap. leap. That's part of the thing this season is as optimistic as you are. Last season was rough and like even doubling feels like, okay, now we're cooking with gas. Well, that would essentially be
0: what you became accustomed to with the Norvell offenses once they were rolling at Nevada. And that's kind of the theme. This Maybe season. even
1: crank it up a little more well, than you, 27 per game, you know,
0: and that very well could happen, yeah. especially if the, if the red zone offense is, is better. Mm-hmm. You've got good news yesterday or two days ago, the um, Avery Morrow, who was the third most productive running back in mountain West play a year ago, he will be eligible, has a, a bit of a tricky legal situation. Still set for trial in November. We'll see what happens there, but He'd been practicing with the team. It was unclear if he was going to be able to, to play in games or not. Now, Kevin Lytle, the Coloradoan, he broke that a couple days ago. He will play. So, you get him. You've got Kobe Johnson from North Dakota State. I mean, there, there's a lot of ways you could see where they're putting points on the board.
1: And again, Jay Norvell's scheme. Like, I'm expecting in the high
0: 20s. Absolutely. All right, keeping it moving. Last year, you had one individual finish the year with 500 or more receiving yards. Torrey Horton, he was the entire offense. I'm saying five different Rams finished this season with at least 500 receiving yards. That'd be Tory, nice. That's a lock. I think Dallin Holker, another lock justice, Ross Simmons. Um, now all of a sudden you need a couple of guys to make a leap, but you know, Lewis Brown, they're really high on McKay. Fox is a top five CSU, uh, signee of all time. They're, they're hoping he breaks out in his sophomore year. There's a lot of talent. And again, A lot of this is just coming down to the O-line is not going to be the worst in the country again, so everything could be significantly better. It's not that crazy to say they are going to be five times more productive when it comes to receiving output.
1: That's going to be the depth, man.
0: That's the depth. Clay Millen, he is going to average at least two passing touchdowns per game. If he does that, that would basically put him right in line with what Carson Strong did his second year. Then he really broke out. You know, his mm-hmm. third year was conference player of the year and all that. Everything is on the table for Clay Millen. He has all the arm talent, great bloodlines. His dad, an mm-hmm. NFL QB, played with the Broncos. Um, I just we gotta see more from him. And there there is a little bit of me that's worried about the residual impact of taking yeah. all those hits. Yeah. I've talked about it with Matt Mummy, the quarterback coach, and he's honest with me. He's you know, there are times where we see him speed his drop back a little bit and he's not patient. When you are a vertical passing offense, there are gonna be moments where you gotta sit back there and you gotta let the play develop downfield. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens there. But again, I'm very confident in Clay Millen's abilities, especially just Seeing how efficient he was last year, he doesn't throw the ball into coverage. Like he had mm-hmm. maybe two or three throws all of last year where I was like, "Man, that was a freshman throw."
1: Right. Hey, man, the greats come from situations like this, and they overcome that. But you do always worry about bad habits. It's just, yeah, he, it's, I mean, he took a, he part took of a beating it. last year, no.
0: and and it's a lot of quarterbacks with talent over the years have been impacted by it keeping it moving. If this offense is significantly better, if the Rams are in contention and I've got a little bit bolder team predictions coming up, Torrey Horton is the best offensive player in this conference in terms of raw talent. This is an award that typically goes to QBs. Mm -hmm. I think Torrey Horton could have the type of season where he wins mountain West offensive player of the year, especially if the Rams are as good as I think they can be.
1: How successful does the team have to be? For Horton to They be gotta that at mix. least
0: be in the bowl game. I think you need seven regular season wins to justify it, especially if you have like a Taylen Green at Boise State break out with a, yep. a great sophomore well, year. They potentially win eight, nine, ten games. Right. You you gotta at least be competitive enough to where you see it made an impact in the win-loss results. But, I mean, statistically, you look at what he did last year and they're double teaming him every single snap. Now he has some talent around him. They Mm -hmm. can't just shadow you over the top with the safety every snap. If they do, Dallin Holker is going to eat you alive in the middle. I think it's one of those he benefits from having more talent around him.
1: It's going to be fun. And might be that year where there's not that stellar quarterback. So there's an opening for the skill position, guys. And,
0: like, the thing about Boise, and I really like Talon Green. His... For a, to be a true freshman that comes in in like week four the way he did last year and turn it around it, it it speaks just volumes to his potential down the line. That said, Boise wants to run the ball. They got the mm-hmm. best backfield mm-hmm. in the conference probably with Ashton Genti and George Halani, assuming assuming Halani can stay healthy. Inherently, they want to play defense. They want to chew the clock. Like it's not going to be Taylen Green throwing for four hundred mm-hmm. yards a game, putting up Jay Kaner type numbers, for right. instance. Um, keeping it moving. Let's go to the defensive side. We've talked a lot about the offense, the air raid, the defense. There's legit all American candidates out here uh, between Jack Howell and, and Mo Kamara. This one's kind of bold, but I'm saying Mo Kamara posts a double digit sack season.
1: I think in the mountain West, totally possible.
0: I, Cause it's just like,
1: he's that you good. could see a game where it's like, Oh, we had four that day. Yes. Also, also, and, I mean, how many did he have last season? Eight, I believe. So I, I, I Playing from I behind? That, but yeah. Like, you know, what if he ever got to nurse a lead and just pin his ears back and go after the quarterback because, oh, we're up, we're up seven, we're up ten in the fourth, and now they have to pass it, and Mo can just get after it. They're, now we're talking about maybe the hot takes could be top 15 in the country in sacks. I
0: and mean, he hit eight and a half a year ago six and a half the year before that and he wasn't even starting full-time the year before that because he was playing behind Patchin and mcbride and manny jones
1: plays so low to the ground he's awesome man leverage king he's gonna
0: be like an outside linebacker type in the nfl i don't think he'll be a hand on the ground defensive end but i think he could have that shaq barrett type season you know shaq barrett was the 2013 mountain west defensive player of the year i predicted horton wins offensive player of the year i think it's unlikely that the rams take both. You never know, a you know, the sweep. big season, yeah. but either of those guys, and I'll put Jack Howell in that conversation as well, are certainly capable of taking home the individual hardware. Yep. I think those three are, are three of the top 10 players in the, in the conference. I think CSU has an argument that they have five of the top 20, though, you know, I'll, I'll admit probably omitting San Diego State a little bit in that conversation. Yeah, um, Jack Howell, he's going to have another 100 plus tackle season. Run it back. Run it back best safety on this half of the country rams and this one's fun they're gonna return a punt and a kick for a touchdown this year oh wow Torrey horton at return is a a weapon now you put kobe johnson and damian henderson four-star recruit true freshman top espn uh espn top 300 player back there at kickoff those are i mean they have the type of of athleticism where if you give them just like a foot of too much space, they're gone. And I love that Norvell is doing that. I love that he's playing his best players on special teams. I've seen so many staffs through the years come through and like, I get, they want to have opportunities for certain guys to see the field that are Mm -hmm. working hard that aren't necessarily good enough to start on offense, defense, but could be a gunner. But also at the same time, like when, when the stakes are as high as this, one play can make or break a game, yeah, and just having your sure. best athlete back there makes a lot of sense to me.
1: It's a lot of games at altitude. Those punters and kickers can really boom them.
0: Well, yeah, you overkick your coverage, you get a heavy <laughs> yeah, steam yeah, going. Yes. And yeah, fair
1: enough. Usually that. they're doing it to CSU, but
0: <laughs> a good point. this year I think it's it's the Rams. I like the special teams. I like that they have a special teams coordinator after watching the disastrous special teams era under the previous regime. We no don't kidding. need to talk about the uh the Utah State game or the Boise state game <laughs> oh, no. or any of the other oh, infamous no. moments that will be burned in my nightmares for years to come. <laughs> Three more. Uh, the Rams will have a winning record on the road and they're going to have to because their home schedule is really challenging. It doesn't start easy with trips to Boulder and, and middle Tennessee, middle Tennessee. Who's deceptively like a postseason mm-hmm. team every single year. Mm-hmm. They've had the same coach for 20 years. They benefit from continuity. Yep. It's, it's, yep. I just think if CSU is going to be the the team I think they are, they're going to have to be able to beat some of these squads like Utah State and in Middle Tennessee and UNLV on the, the road. I think those three games flip your season positively mm-hmm. or negatively.
1: <sighs> That's a bold one. But that'd be huge. I mean talk about setting an identity for your squad with yeah. those tough road games.
0: Well and the thing is, is are like they're all games you could see CSU winning. You can certainly see them losing as well, but what I like about it is you're not going into the big house. Boulder, that's going to be insane. you got to go into Laramie. That's really hard. Middle Tennessee just kind of, and maybe this is an ignorant opinion from someone that doesn't follow the program closely enough, but Listening to some of the people that talk about them, it sounds like they're a better road team because their mm. home environment is mm. so terrible. Like Nobody in Tennessee cares about Middle Tennessee. It's all about the Vols. That's a shame. Like, they get some juice in going into your building and being spoilers, and they certainly did it a year ago. Again, we'll see on that theory, um, but I think the Rams have to have a winning record on the road or at least go 500 maybe if you pull a home upset or two. To, to have a chance to be a bowl team realistically.
1: If you're road warriors, the way this team's set up, that pass rush needs to carry you on those road games. Totally. That's what travels, you know? Yeah. Like, get after the quarterback, hit those guys, make them earn it. And that's, that's what feels good about this squad.
0: Yeah. You know, they have eight, nine defensive linemen. They're going to be able to rotate mm-hmm. two, three, four of mm-hmm. them are all conference type players. The secondary is as deep as it's ever been. Yep. Like, those are those are aspects of a team that could be successful. And, you, you know, you talked about kind of built like, a, like an NFL team. It, that's what this is. They've, they've got talent at receiver, mm-hmm. defensive line, the secondary, quarterback. Like yep. The trenches spot. is the one thing we'll, we'll have to see. Um, this one's my bold one. This is my, my boldest prediction that I have. I actually yeah, gave it on I TDSP so, a couple weeks back, so it's not the first time I've said this publicly. CSU is going to win two uh, at least two, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't want to put a ceiling on it. They're going to yep. win two rivalry games out of those local matchups: Air Force, Wyoming, CU. The Rams take two, at least two.
1: That would be huge. That would be huge, and I hope it's true. I hope so too. <laughs>
0: Finally, if all of these things happen, it seems pretty obvious. But CSU is going back to the to the postseason. They are going to make a bowl for the first time since 2017. Um, We just had somebody ask about floor versus ceiling. I think their floor is five wins. I think their ceiling realistically is probably like eight wins in the regular season. It's just, it's a really challenging schedule, guys. It, you know, having to play your two biggest rivals on the road, Boise State's coming in, you know, your homecoming game's not a gimme. Again, Middle Tennessee, a lot of these games are deceptively challenging. Even the season finale at Hawaii, where, you know, potentially could be postseason on the line and 9 p.m. mountain kickoff. I mean, it's, yeah, that's a house of horrors. That's, that's still the best home yeah, field dude. advantage outside of like crowd
1: and college football is, is Hawaii on the Island. I mean, Rams number set at five wins over under wins this season. It was set at five and
0: a half for Norvell in year one. And I just, that's right. I have a hard time seeing this team be worse than they were a year ago.
1: Like you're just predicting slightly over this for a lot of these. Yeah. These aren't crazy predictions. No, and it's
0: again, it's like coming back to everything is on the table this year. You don't want to get too carried away too early because this schedule is challenging, you know, because we do have to see how this offensive line shapes out. While it has been encouraging with what we've seen with some of these transfers in, in fall camp, they've got to do it on, you know, a, a game day. It's, it's a different stage. There's a lot we have to see. It's not crazy to think this team is gonna be right in the mix, you know, potentially, you know, if if you pull an upset for conference championship. And there's a lot of we need it. There's a lot of Vegas love for CSU in terms of the over, in terms of the Mountain West Championship. Mm-hmm. It's actually come down a little bit, which I'm I'm not surprised. But you can find those odds and more with our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. You've waited all year, the time's finally arrived, college yes. football is back, so are the traditions, the tailgates. The great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Yes. Right now, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Any bet, guys. You don't even have to get it right. You bet $5 on it. You're getting $200 in bonus bets. Kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use the code DNVR. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet only on DraftKings Sportsbook with that code DNVR. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. In New York, call 8787 Hope NY or text Hope NY. In West Virginia, visit www.1800Gambler.net in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit CCPG.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbooks.draftking.com slash football terms. That That's was a mouthful. That's how it's
1: done right there. Leave our guy a thumbs up for that one. Well done. <laughs> well done, Jay Mike.
0: Honestly, that was probably better than I, I did it at home. I think the, the pressure. That was, that was a gamer moment. The lights were on. You got to right. nail
1: it. Um that's right. It's a gamer and can play with tempo. Jay would appreciate that. I'm an that. airy yeah, kind of guy. That's right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> also want to give out some love to the homies at Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of All City and DNVR. We love our Pins and Aces, get tons of compliments on and off the course. I'm a big golf aesthetic guy. I am terrible at golf in terms of actually playing the sport. But uh, I'm a rock a golf fit because the clothes are great. They're stylish, but they're athletic. You've got some, some mobility. Mm-hmm. They're family-owned golf apparel business based right here in Colorado. They make amazing polos, hats, even our favorite beer sleeve. It's an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right in your golf bag. You can keep them cold the entire round. Check out pinsandaces.com. Use the code DNBR. Get 15% off your first order. Get free shipping. That is pinsandaces.com. All right. We're going to... Well done. We're going to change directions here a little bit. Right now, we've been talking about this 2023 season. There's a lot on the line for this CSU squad. Moving forward, it's all uncertain right now, given realignment. I'm curious. I want to pick your brain, though. As far as the Rams are massive, what do you think would be best for this league? If, If Cal and Stanford go to the ACC, which it looks like there's a decent chance that happens. We'll see. If not, maybe they go back to the Big 12 and beg and take a reduced share since they're willing to go to the ACC reportedly for eight to $10 million anyways, which makes no sense. You're, you're going to triple your travel costs for Mountain West TV money. Um, I don't get that at all. I don't get it at all, but it's... it's not, I mean, it
1: almost seems other sports motivated, which I think for Stanford and Cal is. probably matters more than just about every other institution in It's the a country. good point.
0: The Olympic sport ath- element is... is much different for those schools like great and
1: baseball programs you know who they want to be associated yeah. with
0: institutionally yeah. is, is certainly a factor but, but no
1: it makes no sense financially no it just makes so no much sense. of this or regionally or travel cost wise logistically it makes no sense um i think that's the awkward fit it made sense when cal and stanford were being recruited by the big 10 because of a potential Notre Dame partnership. Yeah. You Which, can, like, Notre Dame's watching all this, and they've never loved their NBC contract more. Like, tri- uh, why would they ever move?
0: You control your own fate <laughs> at this point. So right. long as NBC is willing to pay them, totally, why would they cave?
1: Man. Totally. And all in the while, they can also influence the ACC. As a like wink, wink partner, you know. So Notre Dame, best. Why don't you take
0: Stanford, and we'll consider maybe theoretically, possibly, potentially coming down the line. Probably not, but maybe exactly.
1: So that's the one that that's. I'm just gonna take the two base schools out of this equation right now because it's none of that makes much sense to me right now. I do think bringing in. For the Mount West, Oregon State and Wazoo would be really nice.
0: They're, they're, they're great fits. They're great fits. I mean, attendance-wise, fits. they average, yes. especially Washington yes. State, right about the same stadium size. I mean, I know Oregon State, it's a tough pill for them to swallow right now because they're a legitimate top 15 program at the moment. I mean, they, they could play for a Pac-12 title yeah, yeah, yeah. in their last year in the Pac-12, yeah. which... Honestly, I'm rooting for that. I hope it's. I hope Oregon oh, it'd State be tremendous. wins the, it'd be tremendous. the Pac-12, and I and I hope that they come to the Mountain West and recognize that this could be a fun league. I'm a Mountain West guy. I, I know, you know, I don't lie about that. Is it a perfect league? No,
1: but it's a league no, that makes sense regionally. It's lost a low momentum as well. Oh, well, for sure. Like what I mean, you've said about the Rams in some ways applies to the league as well. Like that. Twenty fourteen. That was the last New Year's
0: Six appearance. Boise State in the Fiesta Bowl. They were cooking with gas, you know?
1: Yeah. They were cooking with gas. They've lost some momentum to, like, the American and stuff. That's another one. I think that American partnership,
0: and well, that's I don't where know it gets how many
1: real legs there are. You should, um, you know, kind of flesh that out for us all and give us more context. That, to me, is where there's some intrigue. Like, let's create maybe not the next Power Conference, but the next Power G5 Conference, yeah. you know? the best of the rest, essentially. Yeah. Right. And then that auto bid is almost like, or that auto at large bid. Yeah. It's almost like an auto bid for the American Mount West league. You know, that's a good point. I just basically what Dre is is talking
0: about here is if Oregon state and Washington state were to determine, we don't want to be in the mountain West. We're going to go to the American. We like being associated with ESPN more than Fox. We think that there's more ability to renegotiate our T V deal down the line. We think the future is better. You'd be drastically increasing your travel, obviously, because yeah, yeah. all of a sudden, you know, you're with FAU, FIU. And the American is is much different. You know, this is not the American that has been good these last couple of years. They no longer have Cincy, Central Florida. Like this is a
1: They've been poached and lost some big dogs. Yep.
0: And that's why that's where I become a little bit skeptical of this. like I, I see the appeal of schools like Memphis and and Tulane and even UTSA, who's a really competitive program right now, well coached. I you know Charlotte, even like Navy, like I don't know UAB, those just don't really thrill me. yeah, but we have to talk about it because if Oregon State and Washington State decide to go that route, now all of a sudden, if you're the mountain West, you're worried that teams jump ship to that you know especially if espn finances it all you know and if you're a csu you basically have to go like and it would kill me because i don't think a school like wyoming would be factor into that conversation and i seeing that rivalry potentially die like i don't know i i hate that but at the same time like if fresno state if san diego state if boise state if those schools even UNLV. If they're poached by the American, the Mountain West is dead and you, ha- you can't stick around just because of Wyoming.
1: And there are a few schools in the conference currently, maybe not Wyoming, who feel like a bit of dead weight.
0: Oh, I mean, there's you could trim some fat. San Jose State, you know, mm. brings very little to the table. New Mexico yeah. outside of basketball. They do. I mean, New Mexico has a great track program being fair to them. Nobody cares, but
1: they do. But, well, and the stories from the pit. Well, and that's why it got interesting. You know? I,
0: I would not want to cut New Mexico for the record. I think Albuquerque's a great spot regionally. We've been together for 50 plus years, but
1: you also gotta consider TV markets, as I always say, like to us college football nerds, it's all about oh the history of the program, blah blah blah. TV money's ruling everything, and it's all about the TV market. And that's where like Tulane, which is in New Orleans, becomes intriguing. South Florida, is that Orlando? Is that by Miami?
0: I believe I confu- so.
1: I no UCF is That's, uh, Central Florida is, is Orlando. Orlando, yep. Yeah. Um SMU is Dallas. And obviously SMU's track record from the eighties is uh, puts them in a different stratosphere. Memphis would be very intriguing for their track record, especially in basketball. Um temples in Philly, you know south florida is my basically miami yeah and uh, so i mean that'd be great to be to have a team in that kind of recruiting territory and then navy i mean navy's a national brand and there would be some synergy with air force
0: it'd be fun to have navy and air force in the same league i do think air force if some mountain west schools were going over to the ac and csu and air force explored it in the past it's funny they took a lot of heat even from people like me who are like that makes no sense at all they were kind of ahead of the trend of what's yep. happening now, or it's, you know, kind of got to credit them for at least exploring the possibility.
1: And um, that's the thing, man. I think what this realignments really taught us is you got to do you, you got to make your moves. You can't sit and wait because you don't want to be one of these schools like an Oregon state, like a Washington state that's left behind. And all of a sudden, you know, it's the, uh, It's the Fresh Prince meme of uh, Will Smith looking around the empty room. You, um, You do not want to end up like that.
0: And again, you know, as much as I love the border war, I think CSU Wyoming is not only the best college football rivalry in the conference. I think it's one of the best rivalries in the country. I think it's up there, you know, with Michigan, Ohio State, Nebraska, CU. Like, I know it doesn't get the type of tension, but they've been playing since late. 1800s. They haven't missed a game in a hundred years. Like, yeah, it's it's amazing.
1: That matters, man. But
0: Oregon State and Washington State are perfect examples of why you can't sit around and just, you know, trust that everything's going to be okay because you have long-standing relationships with these other institutions. Because, I mean, Oregon State, Washington State, like you are founding members. And, I know. You, you get left behind.
1: I know. It's rough. I, I am coming around to like. I don't think conference allegiance is really going to matter with these rivalries, all this, like these conferences are going to get so bloated that you're going to play half the teams, less than half the teams in your conference schedule. You're still going to have non-conference and you're still going to have South Carolina, Clemson, Colorado, Colorado state, you know, and I think there's going to be more and more room Iowa state to still have, even if it was an out of conference bout, still have, Rams, I hope so. Wyoming, I just, um, I don't know, man. Colorado, I look around you know? and I
0: see TCU is going to postpone their series with SMU. They've been playing for a hundred plus years. CU and CSU no longer play every year because CU yeah, wanted fair. to pursue greener pastures. And then they scheduled a home and home with air force, which made absolutely no sense. Um, I'm all for local it's games. True, I'm just man. saying
1: if you're, if you're going to play one, you should play CSU for sure. Um, Hit the like guys hit the like it's been awesome seeing the chat pop in seeing how many live viewers we've got and I mean we've had you guys have stuck with us throughout the the show pump up those likes for us so more more members of the Ramley can find this show and just uh, make this more of a thing as we get into college football. J Mike's about to win us a lot of money as we go full sicko mode on week zero. So get those likes up. Let's do this thing, man. Uh, Taylor says it perfectly. So, yeah, please, your support My would guy. mean everything. Please and thank you.
0: You know what I could use? I know it's a little early in the morning, but no. talking about this college football. Oh, never early. I could use an ice-cold Breckenridge Mountain Beach Let's Sour. Let's go. Because it is the perfect, and I mean perfect, amount of sweetness, perfect amount of tartness. Some sours, they're overwhelming. You try one, and it's like, <laughs> Get the pucker face going. Mm-hmm, Some of them mm-hmm. you try and it's like, how much sugar did you put in this thing? Mountain beach perfection goes good by itself, goes good with food, pizza, burger. It's one of those perfect. Uh, it's, it's a role player, it's true, you know, man. it's, it's going to do what it needs to do to get the job done. It's true. And that's what we love about Breck Brew. They've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love, their passion for making good beer. They've uh, made with 100% renewable energy. Got to love that. And you got to love the endless variety that they offer, whether it's Mountain Beach, whether it's Avalanche Amber Ale, a staple. You can't go wrong. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. And if you're out drinking beers, if you're in the sunshine, you're going to need some Shady Rays. Oh, yeah. You can keep that sun out of your eyes. Keep the haters in the dark. (laughs) Shady Rays, baby. They are the best. They're an independent company. They make sunglasses that are just as good as all the fancy brands that you've worn. These things are awesome. They're uh, really great quality. I mean, I was wearing my Shady Rays while I was biking up in the mountains, fell off, hit a rock, not even a scratch on the lens. But the thing is, I could have ran them over, broken it in half and not even cared because it's it's covered by lost and broken replacements. All I got to do, hit up Shady Rays. You got it They like would replace my pair. No right. questions asked. You can shop the entire collection at the Park Meadows Mall. Full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNBR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. Week zero is here. Let's do it. College football is here. We could talk realignment until we're blue in the face. We could you know going hypotheticals. What if this, what if that? But we have real games to dive into. And it's not it's not a gorgeous slate of games, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. But the best game of the weekend is a Mountain West game, San Diego State hosting Ohio. Ohio has not won the MAC. It's a full
1: G5 off. It's a G5 off. This could be a a bowl game. Yeah, dude. MAC v. (laughs) Mount West. This is a big one. Are you surprised? San Diego State, just a two and a half point favorite.
0: (sighs) A little. Here's the thing about Ohio Curtis Rourke is the best quarterback in the MAC. They've got all conference talent.
1: He's been around so long. It's like year six. What the hell? (laughs)
0: Yeah. They've also got an all conference running back receiver linebacker corner and defensive end. This is a team that is very heavily picked to win the Mac along with Toledo. So this, this is an experienced team. They've got a lot of returning starters
1: at home too.
0: I'm kind of fading San Diego state this year. Let's do it. I like Ohio in the upset, like straight Let's up on the money it. line. You can get a, It's not great value. Plus 115 last time I checked,
1: but, uh, CSU has not been great the last several years, man.
0: They found their rhythm a little bit a offensively. Last year, they fired, much like Boise State, switched quarterbacks, switched OCs right around uh, the start of conference play. Maiden's okay. I mean, he takes a lot of risks with the football, he's very limited as a passer. I like Ohio in this one. I just, there's something about San Diego State coming off of that national championship run. The Aztecs, I think they're feeling themselves. Just a little bit too much. I think this is an upset alert, despite the fact that you know there's no better home field advantage than college football.
1: Let's do it. I'm riding with you on this one.
0: Rocking with Ohio. We're both going with the Bobcats. I like it. All right. Hawaii, going to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt came in and and kind of thumped Hawaii early last year. On the island, though. On the island. Hawaii, over the first five weeks of the season, arguably the worst team in the FBS a season ago. However, yeah. down the stretch, yeah. they were competitive. They did not win a lot of games, but most of their games were one score. They were one of the best teams in the country in terms of covering the spread. Um, I I like Hawaii's chances to potentially cover the 17 and a half here. Tylen Hines, they're running back is a stud. I voted him second team all conference. They have quarterbacks back defensively. You're really worried about this Warriors team. They got a couple decent corners, but outside of that, I don't know. Um, Vandy has failed to cover in nine of their last 10 home openers. I
1: love this stuff. And
0: their stadium is still under construction. So it's not going to be like a rocking atmosphere. It could very easily be a situation where if Hawaii is in the game early, Vandy gets tight. I also could see very easily where Vandy gets that run game going. They're well coached under Clark Lee. This is not the same Vanderbilt of five, 10 years ago where they pull away early. But, uh, I'm rocking with Timmy Chang. I think he's the perfect guy for that program. I think the players have bought in, and I like this spot, 17 and a half.
1: I mean, it's it's hard for me. I love that stat on Vandy not covering. I think the safest route is Hawaii plus nine and a half first half. I love that. A little tightness early. I also love this stat you have in here of... Uh, Last 10 home openers for Vandy. Um, gone over. Gone over. So what is that? 55 and a half in this one. I like that as well. I hate this 17 and a half. If you're twisting my arm, I actually think I'm going Vandy on this one.
0: I like it. We don't want to have yeah. complete consensus yeah. here. I mean, yeah. all right, I'm rocking with Hawaii. Dre rocking with Vandy.
1: It's an uncomfortable 17 and a half, but we're I do
0: like it. the over though. I like the over and I yes, really like yes. the over in this next game. San Jose state USC. Oof. This is the best quarterback matchup of the, of the week. You've got uh Chevin Cordero at San Jose state, another six year college football player. Love this. Um, I, he was the preseason offensive mountain West player of the year. And obviously you have Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman winner, <laughs> right. the Heisman favorite. Yeah there's going to be a lot of points scored on this in this game, the over under set at 66 and a half, which is a ton. But I mean, I could very realistically see Hammer USC away. throw 50 on the board. And like, so long as San Jose state is somewhat competent, I really like the over and I don't hate San Jose state's chances of covering 30 and a half, given that it's week zero, given that exactly. you have a veteran quarterback, exactly. you've got great talent at receiver.
1: Yes those fans aren't going to be engaged at USC it's at USC right it's there. yeah it's in the coliseum but yeah
0: it's it's this is not the game that the sc faithful no, are, no, are in showing fact, up for
1: I, I just 30 and a half absurd it's too big for how bad this trojans defense been over the years that's and with an absurd line how good chevin hand. cordero is yeah exactly no that's absurd give me san jose state 30 and a half yeah, all day all day
0: we're both rocking san jose state um,
1: I have to pick one Mount West team against the spread.
0: Yeah. We got to at least Come on. somewhat beyond brand. Yes. Um, we're going to get out of here, but just real quick, I'm going to ask your gut. Notre Dame, 20 and a half point favorites, playing Navy in Ireland, in Ireland. Come which on. Which Probably fun if you're there, but as a college football fan, <laughs> I'm like, you're taking suck. a game that was a three point game a year ago and you're probably putting in it terrible setting forecast is calling for rain. um, The over has hit in this matchup 10 of the last 12 years. Notre Dame closed with seven straight overs in 2022. They obviously bring in Sam Hartman, revitalize offense at quarterback. I'm
1: a Hartman guy for Um, sure.
0: (sighs) Also cut block rules um, impact Navy and Air Force this year, actually basically eliminating the cut block. I'm hesitantly take Notre Dame, but the fact that it's in Ireland makes me hate it, and I could very well see this be like a one score game in pouring rain.
1: Slop fest, new offensive coordinator, Mm -hmm. um, in Ireland, uh, I'm sprinkling the Navy money line. It won't happen because Sam Hartman's good. Yeah, plus six seventy five.
0: But it is realistic enough for that type of juice in Week Zero, where it's worth sprinkling. Yes,
1: absolutely. And you said the overs hit in a bunch of these. Give me the under. I was thinking the same yeah, thing. Slop We're fast. in Ireland. Yep, yep. Ugh, it all lines up. Now I'm coming up. back to Navy 20. It a all, it's a counterintuitive. I like it. All golden right. domers be golden um. domers.
0: Last games, I'm just going to throw them out there just so that the audience has them.
1: I don't have takes, but I'm taking notes of your takes on these.
0: UTEP, Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State making the jump to the FBS. They are one-point underdogs at home in their first-ever FBS game. UTEP's actually been a pretty decent program, but I kind of like Jacksonville State here. They're led by Rich Rod.
1: I'm about it. Rich Rod one-point
0: dog, there's going to be a lot of juice. Everybody's excited going to the FBS, kind of like JMU a year ago. I'm betting on Jacksonville state coming out competitive. We'll see uh, UMass seven and a half point dogs at New Mexico state, New Mexico state. Well coached by Jerry Krill. Uh, a lot of sharp money has come in on UMass. It, it was a double digit spread at one point now down to about seven and a half. I really would just avoid that game I'm as a intrigued. better, but I think it's one that I'll probably bet on in the second quarter. And uh, finally, Louisiana tech 11 point, Favorites against Florida International. That's a conference matchup week zero. Hank Bachmeyer making his debut for Louisiana Tech. I hate 11s a lot to cover in a conference game in week zero. Give me FIU.
1: LA Tech's just getting the name recognition bump. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a lot of unknowns like,
0: with that squad. It's a completely new team, new quarterback. I just
1: I've heard of them because Napier coaches at Florida. Get out of there.
0: All right. You heard it. We're rolling with FIU. Thank you so much for tuning in to DNVR Rams live. We will be back each and every week previewing CSU's opponent. Obviously they don't have one this week. We'll talk about what's happening around the mountain West, what's happening in college football, all that fun stuff. Please like subscribe, share this with your friends, your family, your mother, your father, every Ram fan, you know, let's build this DNVR Rams community up much love y'all go Rams.